This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. I created good and I created evil. Go and read it when you get home. So God is saying, some of us, what the upheavals has been training ground. Amen? But I'm come to buy back your time. I say God will redeem your time. In the name of Jesus. I love the way the uh, uh, New King James puts it. He says, so I will restore to you the years that have been eaten away. My prayer in the name of Jesus. In 2024, there will be a definite turnaround. In the name of Jesus. Two quick, quick case studies, and then we're going to pray. Number one is Joseph. When you think about Joseph and his dreams... <laughs> And how God redeemed his time, you will know that we serve a truly great God. Amen? Joseph was sold into slavery. You know that. They threw him in a pit. They said, let him die. I will just go home and tell daddy that a wild animal killed him. Then one of them said, no, let's just sell him and make some money. So they sold him into slavery. And then when they got to Egypt, Potiphar bought him. He became a slave in Potiphar's house. And then long before you know it, he ended up in prison. Little do you know that all of that, God was in it. God was in it. And Joseph did not lose sight of God. The Bible says, Joseph, he comported himself very well at every stage in his life. Why? Because he feared the Lord. And he knew and understood that God was with him. Many of us, where you are that is unpleasant right now, God wants you to learn some lessons, but you are too busy complaining to see and learn anything that God wants you to learn. Amen? Joseph took everything along his stride. Every seeming tragedy, God turned around for his good. Amen? In Potiphar's house was where he learned administration. You know, when he was in his father's house, it was just a tattletale. You know, he just goes and checks on his brothers and goes home and tells the father what they're doing. Oh, they're just hanging out in the field. They're not doing anything. You know, oh, by the way, they are supposed to be at this location, but they are in a different location. They're just going sightseeing. That was all he did. And then he dreamt. That's all. But in Potiphar's house, Genesis chapter 39 and verse 5, Genesis 39, verse 5. From the, day, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. Does this sound to you like a guy that was working grudgingly? He put his heart to it. Amen. Verse 6 says, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing. Let me ask you this. On the job, do they have to worry about you doing your job? 
Are you the one that is constantly being reminded of what needs to be done? Amen? He put his heart into what he was doing. The Bible says, seest thou a man diligent at his business, that he will not stand before mere men. He will stand before kings and princes. Amen? Everything is not the devil. Turn to your neighbor. It's not all about demons. You have a responsibility. You have a duty. Amen? You know, uh, my daughter Tony just picked up my book, go back and pick up the baton, and started reading. You know, and she's coming back with, to me with revelation and nugget. Oh, daddy, see this. Oh, daddy, see that. Amen? And in the book, I was talking about continuous improvement. Improving your life daily. Learn something, no matter how small. Be, be curious. Be inquisitive. Amen? Have an appetite to be better. Don't say this is the way we have always done it. Oh, I know how. Anything you are doing that you don't have to think about anymore, you should move on and get a different, something different to do. Amen? Challenge yourself. Very quickly. So in Potiphar's house, he learned administration. He was given the responsibility. He did it so well that the boss went to bed. Didn't worry about anything administration. And then we were told that he was sent to prison. In Genesis 40, the whole chapter, when you get home, read it. Remember, a few weeks ago, I told us why it is dangerous to compare yourself with other people. Because when you are comparing yourself with others, you lose sight of who you are. Because you are seeing yourself in their own, the other person's reflection. Oh, he did this, he did that, and uh, I can do that better than him, you know? What you are seeing, you are not really seeing yourself. You are seeing a reflection of that person and you're comparing it to yourself. The brothers of Joseph had the gift of interpretation of dreams, but they did nothing with it. They were more concerned about Joseph's gift of dreaming. If Joseph knew the interpretation of his dream, trust me, he wouldn't share it with anybody, maybe the parents. So when he got to prison was when he began to interpret the dream. When the day of reckoning came, what, what caused him to stand out? Interpretation of dream. And what was his responsibility after he was brought to office? Administration. Amen. God is working out his purpose in your life. Quit complaining. Quit complaining. There is a lesson to be learned where you are right now. I'm not doing very good with time. But let's continue. So I said what you are calling suffering is actually God training and prepping you for where he's taking you. Because when he positions you for your next level, you need certain skills in place. If you don't have those skills in place, you might be at the point of breakthrough. Unfortunately, nothing will happen. Why? You don't have the skill set. Amen? By providence, God strategically 
positioned Joseph where his destiny could not be tampered with. Imagine if Joseph was still living at home. They didn't sell him. And the brother hated him as much as they hated him. Now they know his dream. What do you think they'll be doing? They'll be sabotaging him every step of the way. So God taking him to Egypt as a slave was to preserve him, which uh, Joseph himself said later. Joseph said, oh, God sent me ahead of you guys, Genesis 45. He said, to preserve your lives. He hid me in a crucible, hot, fire, uncomfortable. But I learned to live with it because I understood that he would never leave me nor forsake me. So I stayed with it. I hung on. And then the breakthrough came. Genesis 45 verse 8. So it was, it was God who sent me here, not you. <laughs> Even though you sold me into slavery. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh. The manager of his entire palace. And the governor of all Egypt. The God did that. Somebody say, God did that. God did that. And he's going to do it for you. In the name of Jesus. You know, so after their father dies, they were like, ah. he didn't do anything to us all these years because he was afraid of our father. Now daddy is dead. He's going to truly deal with us. So in Genesis 50, verse 20, this was Joseph's response. You intended to harm me, but God made it all for good. Hallelujah. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Rise to your feet. I'm going to skip the second part. Listen to me. To eat and water to drink, I'm okay. God has great plans for your life. Okay. God has great plans for my life. In the name of Jesus. Brethren, you need to what? Get restless. Become uncomfortable with the status quo. And the way you begin is check your inner circle. Who are your friends? 1 Corinthians 15. It says, evil communication corrupts good manners. If you are the best amongst your friends, you are in the wrong company. You are the one that knows the most. You are the most educated. You are the richest. You are the everything. You are just loading it over all the minions. Anyway, get restless. Get restless. Genesis 27 verse 40. This is Isaac speaking to his son Esau after he had blessed Jacob. He said, I've given him all the blessing. But, watch this. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother and it shall come to pass when you become restless. He says, you will serve your brother for as long as you are comfortable where you are. You will not prosper as long as you are comfortable where you are. He said, but when you get restless, when you get restless, pull up the scripture, people of God. When you get restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. It means if you are going to 
loose yourself from whatever is holding you back, you need to get restless. You need to have a level of agitation in your spirit. This is not right. I can't do this anymore. I need to make progress. I need a change in my life. I need divine positioning. God orchestrates my life for a new beginning. In the name of Jesus. Number two, you need to be quiet. Talk less. Listen more. What? Talk less and listen more. Too many people. The Bible says, Isaiah 30, 15. It said, this is what the sovereign law says. The Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would have none of it. Be quiet. Spend time with God. Stop talking about what you do and what you can do. I'm this, I'm that. In fact, with the kind of ego some people have, I wonder how they are able to put their arms down. Their arms should be hanging. Such ego. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. The last point I have here is the God factor. And that's what we're dealing with now. You know, there's a story of, uh, in John chapter 9, John chapter 9, uh, there was a blind man, born blind, born blind. He didn't become blind. He was born blind. He was minding his business. He didn't call Jesus. Jesus didn't call him. But his disciples were having a theological debate about this man's life. Why, is he born, why was he born blind? Who sinned? Was it him? Was it the parents? So foolish. But the God factor stepped in for this man. Remember the widow of Nain. The widow of Nain, her only son, her husband is dead. The only son she has is now dead. And they were going to bury him. He already did the service of song and everything. They were going to the graveyard to do funeral but for the God factor but for the God factor listen in Acts 19 11 and 12 the Bible says God did some special miracles by Paul he gave him power to do unusual miracles and they took handkerchiefs from the body of Paul and when they touched sick people with the handkerchief, they recovered. For the uh, those that graduated at Discovery Membership class, I, sh I showed you a video. You saw an 80-year-old woman said one of such handkerchiefs that she took from the camp, she laid it on a dead woman and the dead came back to life. The dead came back to life. The Holy Ghost Congress has just been concluded. And there was such handkerchief that was prayed over. And I asked my friend, please send to me. Even though my people didn't make it and I didn't make it, we want to partake of that same blessing. You'll be shown how to come out. Just touch it. Make contact. 
the Bible says, when they touch the sick with the handkerchief, he said the people, they receive their healing. You don't have to, but if you have faith in your heart, as you do this, God will open great doors. In the name of Jesus. Listen to me. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.